Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Kenny and Dion for another episode of Wusha Weekend. And this month we're doing our international month, so we're going to uh, continue on with Lady Snowblood. This is a 1973 film. Uh, it's uh, It stars uh, Meiko Kaji, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and it was... Uh, it's 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 relevant to a lot of modern viewers because it uh, it had influences on films like Kill Bill and uh, the the Lucy Liu characters heavily heavily inspired by this one, but it's a it's a classic film and it's 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 uh, well we'll see what the panel says but it's a classic movie and it's generally highly regarded and the version that we watched is the well I don't know if everybody watched this version but I watched the Criterion ver- version on Amazon Prime. Uh, I also have that version on Blu-ray, and I did notice some differences. But, uh, but yeah, so what, what did you guys think about this movie? Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. Like, I can't think of anything bad to say about it, but, um, yeah, I can definitely see why it's such a top classic, because it's, um, the story is quite compelling. Um, the fights are quite gritty and very sort of, uh, short and sweet um there's nothing nothing's like really drawn out um yeah i i definitely uh enjoyed watching it but i i wouldn't say like i i can't quite see like people who get obsessed over this movie like why why it's so good but that's just probably not me not getting something there dion yeah i'm still trying to figure out why it's a classic and everybody's like so into it i was i guess i was expecting something a lot different, but I'm. Mean, it was a good movie. I liked the um, the whole. Well, the plot is revenge, but I liked the way that they did the revenge. Mm-hmm. In that, you know how the uh, daughter is made to seek revenge for her uh, dead mother. But that whole setup was pretty cool. Um, the fights were short and sweet. I could have done for longer fights. And because I don't know, they just really weren't fights. She was just slicing and dicing as she went and they really didn't fight back too much. Um, But I thought it was a good movie. The story was compelling and that's what um, made me want to watch it, continue watching it and not turning it off. And, uh, and yeah, so for me, I mean, obviously, I, I've talked about it before on the podcast, and my opinion's pretty much the same, which is, you know, I, I really like this movie, and I think the reasons why have to do with the way it's shot, like the the style of the cinematography is very Kubrick-like. It's kind of just got that, like, you know, like this, like the the scene when the when the mother dies after giving birth to her, and there's that smoke rising up. You have a lot of really powerful scenes like that. I like the theme music that that sort of kicks off the film and and it's true the fight scenes are they're they're very short and they're not even particularly like sharply choreographed right like they're fairly they're fairly minimalist and they're and and it and it's not all that important that people you know athletically be involved in the fight scenes do you mean there's a, a lot of scenes where she doesn't seem to be putting a lot of power into into the attacks but they're still these powerful attacks but it's it's sort of more in that japanese style of like the the you know perfect killer stroke being used in each case rather than sort of the the back and forth that we'll get a lot in like the the kung fu movies um and i think that the film has like a i don't know it just has like a lot of emotional power and a lot like whatever whenever there is a killing scene 
there's a there's emotional weight behind it because of that revenge story and because of the the background information and all that um so you know i'd say those are largely the reasons that i like the film um but yeah so uh why don't we get into the the premise of the movie which is you know the the mother has gives birth to her specifically as an instrument of revenge and it opens up in the 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 prison where she's where she's being born and i think her first words to to yuki when the main character's name is yuki uh is uh is you know that you're an asura uh you know that you're you're you know you're, you're basically she's like a uh you know she she's this uh inhuman you know supernatural entity that's just there for for performing revenge and it's it's very sort of rooted in ideas about karma and stuff like that. So I don't know. How, how'd you guys feel about the premise? The premise was probably the best part of the movie. I think actually it's just the, you know, the, the idea that, you know, someone was born purely for the sake of revenge is kind of like sad and, um, quite depressing really. Like she's lived her whole life being trained by this random monk to be, uh, a, a killer, and then she's got the burden of, um, yeah, uh, finding vengeance for for for, uh, for her mother and her father, and I think the brother as well. Yeah, uh, the brother was Shiro. killed too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah so there's like a whole entire family that she has to uh, uh, avenge here. So, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, and I like how that's that sort of shaped her as a character. Um, yeah, the subtle hints that yeah she's not as like yeah despite everyone around her sort of calling her a uh, um, Asura or whatever uh, Neverworld demon I can't remember what my subtitle said actually it's something about Neverworld uh, <laughs> um, being of the Neverworld agent of the death, demon of the Neverworld something like that um, yeah she seems to have like little soft um, spots like showing here and there. Hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with Kenny. I thought that was the best part of the story. It goes to show that whatever you speak over your children is a good portion of what they become. And, you know, if you tell a child that they're a demon and they're for your your revenge, then that's what they grow up to be. Or if they're weak, then they tend to be weak. But, yeah, I thought that, that whole the whole setup was pretty cool it was like nothing you'd ever seen before it was definitely new um to have someone just be born for the purpose of revenge and uh giving her backstory in the prison i like how they did that but um and and dion you might be interested to know that there's a 1977 film with angela mao that's based on this premise it's kind of like a a more kung fu style remake uh of this movie um, but it's totally different. Like it doesn't have this, the filming style or the fight choreography style. And it's got a, the plot unfolds much differently, but it's based on the same concept and broken oath, I think is a reference to the, the line about an oath that must not be broken in lady Snowblood. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I know. I, I think the premise is really cool. It's, uh, I, I thought it was interesting, Kenny, that you, you found it sad. Cause I was actually kind of comforted by the pre- premise like I like the idea of of she's got this purpose, right? She's got this overriding purpose and you know something about, you know, 
being under the tutelage of this great master and then you know it like it's it's on the one hand it, it is kind of like a it's kind of a raw deal but on the other hand it's better than just wandering adrift or you know not not having any i don't know like a meaningful goal in life do you know what i mean but she doesn't uh, get to ex- Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Dion. I, I, but she doesn't get to explore who she really is or who she would want to be. Because with that heavy of burden, you know she's not going to come out on the other end. Or at least I, from the beginning, didn't think she was going to come out the other end alive. She was going to kill or be killed, and that was all she could do. And even if it took her, if she had to die killing that last person... I, I just didn't see any other... I felt sad for her, too, like Kenny did. There was just no other outcome for her. She was going to die. Well, and... Yeah, there was... Oh, oh, and just to be clear, I don't. she doesn't actually die at the end of the movie. Um, it's, it's, it's... And that's, 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 that's especially sad, I think, yeah. for me, actually. Um, the fact that she didn't get to lay down, like, her burden and, and then be able to rest at the end of it. Now she's alive, and... Yeah, but maybe maybe she can you know, start trying to find meaning in her life again. But she's already mentioned like is this is this what it feels like this emptiness at the end of her vengeance when when she thought that um, the the last guy was already dead. Um, I can't remember his name. Gashira. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when when she was on the boat with the with the writer and she was like talking about how empty. That's true, but she did seem to be forming a new life too at that. moment. Before the revelation occurs, obviously, about Kashiro, but it seemed like she was maybe settling down with this guy or there was some kind of, you know, tr- transitionary period for her. Um, and then she proceeds to lose the guy and then get stabbed by uh, one of the women's, uh, by the daughter of one of the uh, men that she killed and <laughs> live to see the day. I don't know, it's, it's, it's a pretty bleak experience, I feel like. It's... it's yeah, it's, it's great for story, but I think anyone who goes through that is going to be pretty traumatized as far as things go. <laughs> oh, definitely. It just, it, it, again, it's just sort of that, uh, I don't know, like the whole idea of karma preceding her birth, right? Like like this is like, like I, I don't know, again, our subtitles might have been different, but in mine, karma kept coming up again and again and how, you know, she was basically carrying this karmic burden from her mother and what happened to her family. And it, 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 it almost has like nothing to do with her as an individual. It's just that she, she has to, she has to carry this weight. And, and so again, it, it is kind of sad on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a very, uh, it's a very purposeful life too. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's, it, to, to, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm. I'm just <laughs> to, to draw like a, a They're giving me funny parallel. looks, so I, I'm guessing that I'm not. That this is probably not landing well with the audience either. But <laughs> go ahead. No, I think it's not like I was just like to, to draw a parallel. It's kind of like you know what Asian families are so infamous for in modern days is the whole like getting the children to study thing. Like they from the moment they're born, they are told to study, study, study. And that is all there is to their life for a long while. And then, yeah, past a certain point, you know, it, it's different for each person. But how how they then cope with life after, you know, this whole, the whole like, 15, 18, 21 years of being forced to study on a daily basis by the parents is, uh, uh, 
I don't know. It's well. Are you drawing on personal experience with that, Kenny, or is that? I'm just drawing an example, just just to sort of demonstrate, like the, the whole like you're given the purpose in life and you must do it. Like from your point of view, it's sort of like makes things easy and streamlined. But yeah. um, from what I see, like that's. Well, I think I think it depends on the well. Just as like a, we're kind of getting a little bit outside of the bounds of the of the movie, but I think yeah. generally it kind of depends on the individual. Like obviously, some people will thrive in a situation where things are determined for them in that way, and they don't have to they don't have to fret over you know issues of like who am I and what what am I really about. It's all sort of been decided for me if I follow this path. Other people obviously are going to rebel against that, and, and it's not going to suit them. Um, you know, so, you know, but this movie is obviously a really extreme case of it because yeah, she's, she's nah. like, it, it's not just, you know, you will study or you will play the violin or you will do this. It is, you know, you are the instrument of my revenge and, you know, sucks to be you kind of a situation. It's, it's, it, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of unpleasantness that goes along with it. You're going to be spending your whole life killing in order to, uh, to, 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 uh, to rectify all of the injustices against your family. So, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, uh, but, but as premises go, I think it's a really powerful premise. Um, what did you guys think of, like, I guess the, the way that revenge was handled in the movie, like the, the, the gore and just like, I don't know, like what the general point of it might've been. What do you mean by general points? Well, like, like, like a, was there like a was there was there commentary? Because you know it it seemed to have certain ideas about revenge, right? Like like it was it, it wasn't you know the, the there there's a line in there where it says her path to revenge keeps getting longer and longer, and it seems to kind of get messier and messier too. So I'm just curious if you guys had any thoughts on on just the way revenge was handled in the movie. Mm. I'm not sure. Like I, 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 I vaguely remember the line that you you were meant you, you mentioned there, but um, I, was it messier or something? Like I did. It wasn't like she gave up more and more in all, uh, for the sake of her revenge or anything, right? Like it's just sort of like each case. Well, no, she gave can... up. She gave up the man that she seemed to be falling in love with, right? Or at least at the very least, he was her hagiographer. Like he was, yeah. you know, a significant individual. Um. And and she broke that girl that ended up trying to kill her, in the process, right? Like that, like you know, the, and the girl couldn't even really quite go through with the with with her path to revenge because she she was clearly not built for it. Um, and and I don't know that that ending scene where where she's stabbed and shot and wandering in the snow and then like she clutches the snow and brings it to her face and screams, like you know I feel like there's a lot of angst in that in that scene so I, I so i don't know i feel like that i feel like the revenge path for her in the end is uh is very bitter yeah i actually sort, sort of see what you mean when you meant when you say that the road is it's getting messy like it's true because there's there's more karmic threads like being woven into the story right i mean now now we have that the uh, the daughter of one of the men that she's killed is roaming around like I don't know I don't know what she's gonna do like after her foul assassination on uh, 
um, on Yuki, and the the writer guy is like dead. So like, yeah, it's it, it is messy in, in in the sense that now more 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 people are being drawn into this uh, situation. Um, not always, you know, through through their own fault, really, right? They're just sort of bystanders who got roped in, basically. Well, and it's... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Dion. I was just going to say, well, to me, it got... Not only did it get messier, but it got more difficult, too, as mm-hmm. the process went on. The fir- Her first kill seemed to be pretty easy, but obviously the gas- last guy was harder, the hardest, and she suffered the most damage um at the end of the film so i I guess all the bloodshed did lead up to it revenge is just a messy and nasty business anyway yeah because when she went to fight a kono she just got like a cut on her shoulder right but then when she goes to the ball it's it's uh, you know she she gets what she gets she definitely gets stabbed right and she definitely gets shot and i think she might have I think she, I think she took another wound as well, um, and she does not look very well when she's, you know, leaving the ball to to go lay in the snow. Um, so I do want to talk about individual characters, but before we get to that, I figured it might be worth just talk because we're doing this international month, and normally we always do pretty much Chinese movies. Uh, did you guys have any thoughts on the differences? And, and I know this is just one example. Like, this is just one Japanese movie among many. But did you have any thoughts on the differences in aesthetics and just the, you know, the way fights might have been done, the way that the film might have been shot versus a lot of the wuxia stuff that we see? Funnily enough, I feel like the way this movie was shot, like, re- has held up really well, like, given that it was from the 70s, right? There are quite a few sort of wuxia movies that are, that. That, that you know we, we even watch on this podcast where it doesn't feel like it's aged very well like you can it's got you know it's sure but it, it, it looks aged just because it's an old movie but um yeah the techniques used and and the sort of the overall impression that the movie gives in in makes it well actually somehow just has held up really well i i they could Say so, yeah, this is like a modern movie, and uh, I don't think I'd be surprised. Oh, other than the fake blood, like yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah, so, what I was so, going to so say. Special effects were, were pretty, were pretty poor. Yeah, you know, on par with the other stuff at the time. But yeah, from from everything else, from a technical point of view, I feel like the movie's like done a really good job. Yeah, I was going to say that the blood, the and the way that um, it seemed that they when it was time for blood to be shed. You could see them like popping packs or something that yeah. kind of like, it wasn't like seamless on how the blood was shed. It just seemed like it was forced in, in a couple scenes It it took them a um, couple of seconds to actually get the blood to pop out. My, my favorite part about a, the blood in this movie is the sound that it makes. It's like, a, it's a, one of the most un, unnerving sound effects I've heard for blood. You can, it just, it just sounds like real, real liquid dripping. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't normally have that effect. And so I, I I found it to be effective, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, did you guys get a, like a clockwork orange vibe from any of the, any of the violence in this movie? Or is that just me? I have not seen a clockwork orange. Oh, okay. You haven't seen a clockwork orange? I had to watch it in high school. Um, 
And I don't remember the film. He allowed you to watch it in high school? (laughs) Yeah, we read the book and then we watched it and... It was we had to do a compare comparison between the movie and the and the book. It's funny because they're really similar, but I did find reading the book to be a very different experience than watching the movie. Um, I lo- I mean, it's a side note, but I, I just the the language that he made for that 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 novel was I thought I thought is like the most charming part of the of the book. Um, but yeah, no. So, but did you see any parallels, Dion? Since I guess you know it's been since high school, so you know I know it's probably not. It's been thirty years. Thirty now. years. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'll, we'll, we'll let the, we'll let the comparison go. But Kenny, you should definitely watch it at some point, just to get like different cultural references in in movies. You know, it's on my ever growing list of movies to watch: <laughs> Godfather, Clockwork Orange, Kill Bill, Goodfellas. <laughs> Honestly, Goodfellas yeah. is the most important one on the list. You want to, Goodfellas is the, the the one that you want to see. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so I know we can go through specific characters. If you guys have any characters you really want to talk about, we can just start with those. I don't know what you prefer. I don't know. I just wanted to ask actually, like from in your in your views, like what who do you think was the most evil? Who is the most evil? I think Okono was the most evil. Because she was the most sadistic, the most unhinged, and like she seemed to enjoy it. Like for she seemed to enjoy the violence for its own sake. Like when everybody was doing all those bad things, she was like a giggling spectator, right? She was kind of she was I don't know, I just I just felt like But on the other hand, she maybe her hands weren't as dirty as someone like Gashiro, right? Like he's kind of the the person who's really behind it all. So I don't know. I would say it's a toss-up between Okono and Kashiro, and I and I feel like the movie's probably intending Kashiro to be the most evil because it's kind of like a hierarchy that she has to work her way up over the course of the film to, so, to the boss battle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't know. Did you find anybody particularly evil that 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 you know maybe? It seemed like you maybe had an idea when you asked that. So that's... I, I was just going to say Okono as well, but just because um, while she seems like the the one who you know doesn't really do much of the killing and stuff, I feel like she was like maybe the mastermind or the uh, the person who sort of facilitated yeah, the, the the plot in the beginning and and it's kind of especially evil in the sense that like she could watch you know, a woman go through the uh, watch uh saya go saya is it saya right sayo sayo go through you know the what she did in in the barn and like be laughing and like giggling throughout the whole thing it was just like i don't know it's just it just made her in particular just seem more evil because like she seems to have no empathy for what was going on at all yeah, dion how do you feel yeah i i feel the same way um, the film does kind of make Kashiro out to be the worst because he is the big bad. He fakes his own death and, and everything. But yeah, I, I feel that a woman who can stand by and watch all that and still laugh at all of it is the worst kind of psychopath. And, and Kashiro is really kind of trying to go straight in the end. Like he's not, he's still really involved in shady business, but he's not, he's not he doesn't seem like he's as involved in the criminal underworld anymore. And I feel like Okono has probably 
killed quite a few people off camera that we don't even know about. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like she's probably done a lot of things. Uh, whereas with Gashiro, I feel like it's more of like a business transaction, anything that he's doing. And with her, it just seems like it's just part of who she is. She's just this, uh, I don't know, there's just something really sadistic about her. And, and, but, but I guess it depends on, I don't know, like you could make the argument that Akono, she kind of looks like she's maybe a little bit deranged or something too. And so I don't know if that, whereas Gashiro's clearly in full command of his own mind, right? So maybe he's more morally culpable than her for her for his own actions i don't know um, but i don't think she's deranged because of mental illness i think it's more of the enjoyment of her of the violence to me so she's anyway. just so committed to this vice that she's deranged but it's it's still purely choice in your view mm -hmm. okay i can see that too with her because i mean it, it I, I mean she 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 is enjoying it and she's she's unhinged in a way but it the the unhinging might just be a process part of the process of being involved in all this stuff over the years not not some underlying issue that's disrupting her ability to 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 reason morally um so, yeah. i think she was just a psycho yeah like <laughs> I, she 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 like i feel like she's a lot more um you know sort of calm and collected than, than you're giving her credit for because like it in her final moments, her, she, it wasn't like to try and run and escape or whatever. It was to kill herself to deny Yuki the pleasure, mm -hmm, the of, pleasure of it. Yeah. yeah. But that was that. But didn't they say Gashiro actually killed her? Right? Wasn't that the uh, what was revealed at the by by the I writer? I missed that part. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I thought that the writer said that he realized that she was killed by uh, Gashiro. No, I, I think, oh, I don't know, I didn't recall that bit, but I know that the writer was sort of semi-conscious when, uh, um, when Yashiro was talking to uh, Okono. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, and I assume that he would recognize the voice because, you know, it's, it's, it's his dad after all. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the, it's the, 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 the big reveal. No, and when I said she's unhinged, what I meant was when she's laughing and watching the violence unfold as a spectator, it's like she's losing her control in that moment. Not like she was unhinged all over the, you know, in everything she was doing. Um, but it just, it just struck me as really, I don't know, kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, so, so what about, uh, what about the writer character? The, uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't, is, is, I think his surname is Ashio. I don't know if that was his surname, his personal name, but the the guy who's writing oh, uh, the novel, yeah. you Ray Ashio. It's funny because he has a different name or surname to his father. Maybe he's trying to get as far away from from Probably. that as possible. Which is interesting. I guess like he cut himself off and then changed his name after he left whatever dodgy work uh his, his father was doing <laughs> um i don't know like I, he, he, as like, as far as characters go like he didn't feel particularly interesting to me come to think of it like 
I feel like he existed for the plot, and that was basically it. Like, there's nothing... I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just not um, looking at him in the right way, but... Um, you know, he... He writes the story, publishes it, and then, you know, in the final moments when, when Yuki is facing off with his father, he throws himself on him so that she couldn't shoot her, and he had, she would have a chance to stab him, basically. I, I think maybe that's in, in, enough, but I, I don't know. Like, it's... Um, the character just didn't make that much of an impression on me. Well, he's kind I of a really sidekick. He died. He's kind of like a sidekick or like a Watson type character in the. Like he, I think he's supposed to be like, but I re- didn't really feel anything when he died. Like, which is, yeah, you know, it'll be a bit different if it was like I don't know. If you're comparing him to Watson, then like if it, if you're watching a Sherlock movie and Watson dies, <laughs> and I feel like I, I would actually feel a little bit more you know moved now, by the situation then now why do you think you didn't feel anything because he wasn't built up enough as a character or because you didn't see him and yuki have enough of a relationship unfold on the on on the screen yeah that i think like, most of the time that like, he was just sort of monologuing about what to write for his story <laughs> and <laughs> at that end or like parroting you know or, or reporting on the situation to yuki right so you know there's nothing really that really sort of made him him yeah dion what do you think i was well i was hoping that he would be the one to be able to draw her away from this life of killing but the character just wasn't built up enough to do any of that sort of thing um, I saw the twist coming that he was the fa- he was the son from the moment he appeared on the screen at the little at the shrine, the tombstone. Um, I don't yeah, know. It, it was just oddly. It just it's telegraphed, right? Like that's a yeah. pretty big hint, like that 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 might be coming down the pike. Um, I thought it was either that he was the son or he I knew he was somehow related definitely if he not might have been in disguise and had been him to begin with you know what I mean yeah just checking on how things were going but um yeah I just don't think he was three-dimensional enough to really care too much I did feel a little sad that he he did die um but not majorly sad like i wasn't like completely invested in this character yeah and i guess that maybe we should talk about yuki a bit before moving on to anyone else because one of the questions i have about yuki is whether you had mentioned you know that he might have been able to pull her out of this this lifestyle of killing i feel like that would be an impossibility for her like she's not um you know, she's, she's her whole life has been training for revenge for her mom and her father and her brother. And there's, I don't, I don't see how she can escape from, from that kind of an upbringing. Um, I don't know. Well, what was if she had? Well, you say she lives at the end, so. Well, there's a sequel the too. Point? There's a sequel as well. So that's that's okay. how, that's how I know so she the, lives at the end. Um, there's a um. There's a point where she thinks that her revenge is over, that everybody is now dead. Mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, maybe 
he could like you know get her to think of her life in a different way of being oh i see what you're not saying. just being revenge at that point but there was just nothing really well i feel like well i mean and, and the sequel handles this in a i think a slightly different way but like i feel like if somebody's raised from that early of an age to be a killer it's going to be really hard for them to stop being a killer do you know, like Right, but she was raised to kill three certain people. Once yeah. all three of them are dead, what do you do after that? You've got no, to I'm... find some kind of normalcy in life. You're not. I don't think she's going to just go around killing people for the fun of it just because she did still have that soft spot in her heart. You could tell that she was still trying to keep in her emotions. They didn't completely break her and make her completely emotionless or yeah. she wouldn't have tried to help the one guy's daughter. And, you know, you could see her having some pangs of guilt, but I don't know. Well, I don't think she'd go around roaming and killing people at random. I was thinking more like, you know, finding some kind of valid reasons for like, you know, protecting the masses against you know people like the folk that killed her family right things like that but but yeah i don't know but what did you guys think of her as a character did you did you like her did you you know um did you have any thoughts on her no i liked her like she it's very easy when you're sort of acting this type of role to just make it so that you know stony face killer and you don't really yeah yeah, and you're not able to you know, show emotions without it being like overly obvious that like you're trying to show emotions from a cold character kind of way, right? But I think the actress did a really good job of you know very subtly you know, raising you know raising you know, the, the 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 thoughts in our heads that you know maybe maybe she does have a bit more emotion in her than 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 you know she's um, letting on, um, and I, I I like that she you know, she's got a more humane side to her like it. Yeah, it it does sort of give some hope that in in the future, once everything has settled, like she may be able to return to a a, a normal life per se. Yeah, I I totally agree with that, and that's why I don't think she would just go around even killing for for the masses or protecting people, unless she really absolutely have to. I don't know. I think I would get tired of the whole revenge thing. And I mean, I, if I had been her, I might've killed the daughter just at the, so that there wouldn't have been any repercussions, repercussions coming back of, uh, her trying to kill me, you know, um, you want to get rid of the whole bloodline just so that doesn't happen. Isn't that yeah. how they normally do it? <laughs> That's what they normally do in China. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, <laughs> But yeah, no, I really liked her character. I like that she played it with that that tinge of humility, so that you could see beyond the assassin in her, and that she was more human than what her mother wanted her to be. Yeah, I, I sort of think like, um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like she wouldn't. She she. Yeah, there are those little like things that I think would lead up to her sort of being um, a righteous killer of some sort. Like, uh, 
you know, you, you mentioned that maybe she'd be tired, a little tired of all the revenge and killing and stuff, but, you know, uh, at the moment, like, she is, like, empty on the inside, basically. Like, she has no goal in life. She doesn't know what to do. Um, you know, if, if she had a writer um, guy around, maybe she could have had a normal life. Someone could have led her in to have, like, a more, you know, a, a peaceful life of uh, whatever it is um, people did for <laughs> for fun back in those <laughs> days. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, she, she was been trained... And yeah, from from birth basically to to be a girl. she hasn't had time to develop herself. Like maybe she will think of it now, but until like she gets to that point, I think she's going to sort of wander around. And I don't think she's gonna want it, like anyone else to have to go through like what she's going through. Or yeah, I think she's she's probably sick of revenge but not in in, in the in the I, I i don't want to kill anyone kind of way but in the i don't want anyone else to have to go through what i did kind of way and uh what about the um uh kashiro character uh, i mean he, any thoughts on on him as a villain uh he was kind of boring as well actually to me mm-hmm. like um Sure. Like, yeah, it's interesting that you know he staged his own death to avoid being arrested for smuggling opium and and uh, and conveniently uh, also dodged uh, Yuki's vengeance for for a bit. Um, but yeah, like he, okay, his villainy like wasn't really that. Like, okay, so he drops a casual line about, oh, we are going to uh, trade in arms and you know trying to incorporate more of Western ideals and technology to for the sake of conquest or whatever, which, you know, fair enough. I mean, I, I, I don't think that's particularly evil, really. Like, okay, you, you do you. You do your business. It's your choice. <laughs> yeah, right? he's kind, he is kind of disappointed. Like, Okono is a much more intriguing villain, I think, than he is. Um, just because she's got that strange personality. And he, he's got, like, an interesting backstory, but he's not as interesting of a character. You know, if that makes sense. Like, his backstory on paper sounds cool, but then... He's kind of he doesn't show up till the end, and you just get a taste of what he's supposedly about. You know, you, you see, you see, you know, you, you, we can tell he's good at deception, that he's intelligent, he's some kind of criminal mastermind, but it, I, I you don't get enough of a sense of it. I feel, uh, and uh, though I do think it's interesting when he dies, he falls off that banister over the American and the Japanese flag, and he he grabs the Japanese flag and he tumbles down with it. And I felt like that was probably significant. Um, <laughs> There's probably a political message in there somewhere, right? <laughs> it's got to be, no. right? It's got to be the. Um, so I thought that I thought that was cool that they that the shot was arranged that way. But uh, but but other than an interesting death fall. I don't know. I, I kind of like Kono better as a villain. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe what's to get really sort of like in your face or whatever political messaging there. But they, yeah, like if he had a sword, then maybe he would survive. Like he's using a gun and uh, <laughs> this inferior weapon, <laughs> losing out to well, the umbrella sword. Clearly, and interestingly enough, I think I think the villains both used guns, right, in their confrontation with uh, with Lady Snowblood, right, like. He had yeah. he had the gun and Okono had a gun, and it's a it's a really number one it's an unfair fight, but I guess it's also like what he was talking about the arms dealing and uh, you know 
you know, bringing those kind of weapons to Japan. Well, the arms yeah. dealer better have arms when he goes to a fight. <laughs> and what was interesting about it is he had a gun, but it was still kind of like a standoff situation. Like, she still, you know, was able to close the distance. She had to, you know, use her, her lover's shield, but, you know, it, it was... Uh, it was still manageable for her. What, what so did you speaking about that standoff? Actually, like, so why was there a standoff? Do you think? Like, do you think that, um, yeah, maybe Gishiro was, yeah, still had a soft spot for his son, which is why he didn't like shoot him immediately. Like, he had every opportunity to. Like, Yuki was all the way on the other side, and those guns had infinite bullets basically so uh, <laughs> he could <laughs> he could easily have like shot um ashio and then turned to face yuki right i mean he did eventually shoot him right but i feel like well, yeah but but only like uh, uh, you know and then he sort of tur- yeah, he had an option to shoot um ashio first but then he chose to like turn and like aim at yuki instead i mean I- I think I think that that the reason the scene unfolded the way it did was because he didn't want to kill his son. Like he, I, th- I think there was definitely because even when he goes to visit his son, he could have done something there too, and he didn't. So I, I feel like, you know, he's he, he seems to be a father who at least has some amount of feeling for his child, but obviously it only goes so far. <laughs> so so yeah, I don't know, Dion. What do you think? No, I, I think it was because that he was a son, and I'm kind of wondering if he was the only son. You know, if there yeah. had been another son, maybe, you know, he would have been more apt to just get rid of him I have early. a feeling that there are probably a lot of sons out there from this guy. Like that, You I, would hope. I, I would think so. I would think so. Um uh, what did what I mean? We talked briefly about it, but what did you guys think of the fights? Like, just in terms of how they were presented, I know I know you expressed a little bit of disappointment, Dion. So, um, yeah, they weren't that? long enough for me. Um, they were pretty much one sided, except for mm-hmm. that final, and the one with um, Okono was pretty mm-hmm. good too. But yeah, I think, I was actually okay with the fights. So I'm now actually happy that it was sort of one sided because it kind of shows that. Yeah, this twenty-year-old 20 woman, I think she's twenty. Uh, this twenty-year-old woman, like who's been trained every day of her life, rolling down the hill in the bucket and being cut <laughs> by a mad monk. You know, like she better be good with the sword because yeah. <laughs> she's put some pretty <laughs> hefty sacrifices into to, the, to get to where she is. The fights in this, I mean, they're more like a like a western type of fight, right? Like it's sort of like it's mm-hmm. about the it's about the build up before the clash of weapons. I feel. And then there's a clash, but it's very quickly, you know, reveal whoever is has the supreme skill is the one left standing. Um, so yeah, I I, I I liked the fights in this uh, for the fact that they were, you know, uh, that she's supposed to be this this lethal figure that's just kind of carving a path of revenge. So I thought that it worked. Um, and I think but, it was very the fighting is pretty accurate as well. Like it, it's you know, it, it, so you know, in, in Wuxia movies you might get lots of like crossing of swords, like clinging, clanging and like blocks and parries and stuff like that, but katana they're they're not meant to be used that way, right? They're no. quite brittle and yeah, you know, they have a very sharp edge and if you cut 
with the right force, you you'll probably cut through things quite easily. But yeah. as if you're off of it, then you can blunt the sword and damage it. I know. I I actually did do kendo for about two months or so. I got a little bit of kendo under my belt, and I learned very little. But what I did learn was they are very very strict about movement and posture. Like every little movement matters and your your posture has to be perfect and it's a it's a totally different thing than uh, like a lot of other styles that i that i practice and i feel like when you watch samurai movies you kind of see that that obsession with those kind of details uh you know and and in a movie like this you see it where it's just it's it's a i don't know how to put it it's a it's a very almost like a it's like stylized and formal and ritualistic in the way that it is handled um and i kind of like that like i like knowing that there's there's all of this so i don't know how you would put it like there there's like every time a character moves with a sword i feel like there's supposed to be all these years of training just for that one motion do you know what i mean um even though it's only one movement it's not like 18 movements so you know but that one movement has to be particularly so um you know so it it, it seems like it's more in that sort of zone um but also i think i thought that the the you know it was it was it was almost more about the aftermath of the sword stroke than the sword stroke itself like i feel like you know you were seeing people get cut in half you were seeing every single almost every single kill seemed to get a main artery right like you like people would get hacked and then like the blood would spray like 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 a vein had just been opened that's just a blood pack that the young was actually yeah (laughs) but but i feel like that was also kind of highlighting the skill of the attacker do you mean like that definitely like i think it's a very um typical thing in the japanese media like yeah where, where, where your one stroke is so fast that you know the body hasn't realized it's been cut or yeah. and then suddenly you just explode <laughs> in the fountain of blood which is you know uh, uh, yeah this movie had plenty of that stuff like you someone's like throat gets nicked and then like what well, a, a short delay and then there's something like splurting blood out and they're dead or, basically already so. when she cuts a kono in half she cuts her and, and and you don't see anything and then like a two seconds later the set the, the bottom half drops and you know there's those horrific sounds but uh but yeah no i i uh, it's definitely very different than than wuxia it's not like wuxia the fun thing wuxia is fun wuxia has like a there's a lot to feast your eyes on in a a battle and a movie like this it's kind of it's more patient and a little bit more i don't know what the word would be but it's, it's it's a little bit more focused on 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 key moments um Higher highs and lower lows. Um, Maybe not necessarily lower lows, but I, pe- the... I feel like what these movies do is they try to eliminate the low lows, and Wuxia is, you know, it, it's it's less precious about that stuff because it's 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 trying to thrill you the whole way through. Do you know what I mean? Like I, uh, the the these. Like when I see a movie like this, they look very carefully staged, like every step of the way. And I feel like in Wuxia, there's a little bit more, there's a little bit more room to breathe in a fight. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just a different experience. It's not that one is better or worse. Though I can yeah, see. Yeah, to be fair, like I've not, I've, yeah, I've not seen enough um, 
Japanese movies from you know the seventies or on you know or, or any Japanese movies at all. Come to think of it, really, but um, I and maybe it's just the, the way they do pacing is just very different. Yeah, and there are there are some that kind of emulate this style, like like some of the King Who movies do emulate a style like this, right? Like those were very very much about characters sort of getting into position before they strike and you know the, the bat- awkward dances before the one strike mm-hmm. and then more awkward dances yeah so i mean it, you know but yeah I, I don't know maybe one maybe one of these days we should do like a, a japanese month where we 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 dive into some more movies um so yeah, so I don't know. Uh, maybe we should move on to the recommendation and rating, unless anybody has something they want to add about the film. No, no. All right. So I don't know who wants to go first. Scale of one to five, no halvesies. Oh, um, I would say that this. Oh, it's such a tough choice between a three and a four here. Like it's. Uh, I'm gonna be a bit harsh and say that it's a free. Um, I, I would still say you should watch this movie if you can, just to see, uh, just experience it for yourself, because um, it, it's a cool movie. I think. I, I think it's just like it, it's just, it's a cool movie. There are, um, yeah, the, the story is compelling. Um, Yuki and the actress who plays Yuki is great. Um, we, didn't really, we didn't really talk about the music, but the use of music is pretty interesting in this movie as well. Um, I, yeah, overall, I think yeah, if you watch this movie, you won't have a bad experience. Um, I just, I personally, I, I don't see why this is regarded as a classic. Um, but these things can can. Depend, it can very wildly depend on the person, so take it with a grain of salt from me. Yeah, I don't have very many much experience with Japanese movies either, so this is going to have to be. Uh, yeah, you're going to, have to take it with a lot of grains of salt for me. Um, I was wa- wavering between a two and a three. I don't get the label classic, but I enjoyed the movie. I didn't turn it off. I thought the story was an excellent story. Um, it was just really different for me. It was definitely out of my my comfort zone. Okay. Um, but I enjoyed it. It wasn't like really horrible. Um, I give it a three. It's in in between. I'll probably watch it again because I did have a problem with the subtitles. There were some the subtitles were white, and sometimes there was white background, so it was yeah. kind of hard for me to read. And so, you know, sometimes I think I miss things when you don't read the get to read the whole entire subtitle. So I will watch it again because I want to see what I missed. But, um, yeah, I think it's a solid three. And uh, so I'll be the I'll be the lone five today. I, uh, I, I definitely would give it a five. I really like the movie. But I again, I think it's a lot of ways probably for the reasons that you guys didn't like the movie. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, it's 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 kind of done. And I, I keep making this comparison, but it's kind of done like a Kubrick movie is done. You know what I mean? Where, like, there's a lot of stuff in it that is potentially boring. Do you know what I mean? And 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 a lot of it has to do more with, like, the look, the feel, the style. 
and you know things like the music and i don't know i just really like the the way that it all comes together with the premise and i i like the way that you feel the emotion as you know as this revenge thing is unfolding but i can totally see how it, it isn't going to connect with everybody because it's not say it's sort of like it's like when i when i recommend old char brothers movies i sometimes have this, have this experience where it's like wow this movie is a five to me but i'll show it to somebody and they'll be like are they on a sound stage that's kind of goofy looking do you know what i mean like they'll they'll have a reaction to it that is you know it hasn't it either hasn't aged as well or it's done in a style that just they're not accustomed to or it doesn't appeal to them and so i feel like this is a movie where uh you know it, it it it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna resonate with every every viewer but but i think it's worth watching and i think that uh if especially if you have seen kill bill if you're a fan of kill bill it's one of the movies that you probably want to see just to get the references in it so it's 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 uh you know it, it's the, the the lucy Liu character is based on the protagonist in in this film uh you can see it in a lot of her ba- i don't know did you guys both watched Kill Bill or no? No, Kenny, you didn't, right? No. And Dion, you had one either? of us didn't either. Oh, okay. All right. We, you know what? We're gonna have to do Kill Bill at some point just because of that fact. But, but another 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 connective like line is that the backstory between her and Lady Snowblood are they're they're not the same, but they are awfully similar in a lot of ways. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and they use the music, the, the the Flower of Carnage song that we hear at the beginning of the film is in the Kill Bill movie. So, um, so yeah, so so I would give it a five. Uh, and what, what are we doing next week? Are we doing a Korean movie next week? Yes, we are doing The Man From Nowhere. The Man From Nowhere. I know almost nothing about this film, so I have no idea, you know, if it were up to me, we'd be doing The Villainous. So, so, uh, so I don't know what we're getting into here. It's uh, my recommendation. I've seen it. So oh, okay. Times. So, okay. So, so, so we're in good hands then. We're in very good hands. Um, so yeah. So, so, and that'll be. I think that's the last movie for International Month, right? That's yes. Uh, all right. So, so we have that to look forward to. Again, we have a Patreon. Please go check it out. We have different award levels. You can, you know, it helps us. To, like for this movie, you know, like I have it on Blu-ray, but I still rented it on Prime because I'm lazy and I didn't want to. Uh, um, I didn't want to go into my living room to watch it. But a lot of times it's not a choice. A lot of times we, we have to rent them or we have to buy the DVDs in order to watch the films. So the more people who contribute to our Patreon, the the more we uh the more we're able to branch out and watch films that aren't just on Prime or on Netflix. Cause it doesn't matter if I have a copy, everybody else has to have a copy. You know, if Dion has a copy and I don't, or if you know, it's it's not going to work. So so we all have to have copies of the film. So yeah, so so we will be back on next week. And until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.